Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Scott. On this Thanksgiving edition of the show, I will preview all of the games for the entire slate of Week 12. We'll discuss this week's betting strategy and head on down to my best bets. And I'll wrap up, as usual, with a little fantasy football advice. All coming up on this week's full preview. This is my absolute favorite time of year. Thanksgiving and my birthday are right around the corner. Holiday season is here, and this is typically the time where most things slow down. Most things, that is, except the NFL. Football is in full swing this week, as there are zero teams with a bye. We have a full 16-game slate, and as a result, all 16 games are going into my speed round. Real quick, since I have quite a few new listeners, I wanted to explain the difference between my watchable games list and my speed round. The watchable games list is a handful of games I'm excited about, and I give a little more attention to. I either watch them live, or stream the full version later. They receive a little more eyeballs during the preview, and analysis during the recap. My speed round is a little quicker. I don't necessarily spend as much time on those games. These are the games that get relegated to watching on the condensed version without commercial breaks, or most announcer commentary. Because of this, I miss out on some of the nonsensical narratives, but they also can't influence my opinions on the game this way, so it kind of balances out. With that being said, let's jump into this week's speed round. First up, we have the Packers at the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. Green Bay has been playing a little better as of lately, but I don't think that defense will be up to the challenge against this offense of Detroit. The Lions are well balanced and do a great job of probing for weaknesses early on. Jared Goff usually plays lights out at home, with last week being a bit of an outlier. Last matchup, David Montgomery ran wild, and I expect much of the same for both himself and Jameer Gibbs. The Packers' offense will most likely be without Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon appeared on the injury report as questionable with a groin injury. With the likelihood of this running game's inability to find success, this offense will have to lean heavily on Jordan Love and the passing game. They'll need to take advantage of the limited snaps they likely have due to the Lions hogging all of the clock. I don't see a positive outcome for the Packers in this scenario. I think the Lions continue to roll, and I'm taking Detroit to win at home. Moving on, we have the Commanders at the Cowboys. Sam Howell has been fun to watch all year. He's essentially what that organization expected Taylor Heineke to be. I hope he'll be fun to watch in this one as well, as he'll be competing with a bunch of tryptophan for my attention. As improved as this team is, they are clearly a tier or two below that of the Cowboys. And Dallas has done what good teams do and obliterates inferior opponents. I anticipate the same to be true here. Dallas should take this one in commanding fashion. Up next, we have the 49ers at the Seahawks. Kenneth Walker will likely miss this game. Zach Charbonnet did a decent job of filling in last week, but this week he'll likely struggle against this all-star defensive line of the Niners. This means Geno Smith and the passing attack of Seattle will have to play well. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett have been playing great as of lately, but so has this secondary of the Niners. All signs are pointing to an offensive struggle, to say the least, for the Seahawks. Their defense has played well at times this year, but they've also played poorly at times. This is not the offense to be trotting out inconsistency against. San Francisco has way too many weapons on offense, and for this reason, I'm picking the Niners to win here. 
Moving on, we have the Dolphins at the Jets on Black Friday. I'm curious to see if Tim Boyle can move this offense better than Zach Wilson did. It's not like it could be much worse. He should spend the majority of the game turning 90 degrees to one side and sticking the ball out for Brees Hall. The matchup I'm most excited for is this top offense of the Dolphins against this top defense of the Jets. The Dolphins have struggled against good defenses, of which New York is, and I'm interested to see if Tua can get the ball out quick enough to negate this pass rush. If not, we could see a solid dose of Mostert. Either way, I don't foresee the Jets being able to put up as many points as the Dolphins. The Dolphins should win, but this might be closer than anticipated. Next up, we have the Buccaneers at the Colts. The Bucks' offense will likely focus on Mike Evans and Rashad White like they have been doing all season. If Baker Mayfield can keep the mistakes to a minimum, they should have success against this middling defense of the Colts. On the flip side, the same can be said for the Colts. They'll likely lean on Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. If Minshew can keep his mania to a minimum, they could potentially find success here as well. This game is going to come down to whichever quarterback can keep their composure the longest. I'm taking the Bucks to eke this one out on the road. Moving on, we have the Patriots at the Giants. Now 15 years ago, this used to be a fun matchup. Now, it's sort of pathetic. Tommy DeVito and Saquon Barkley are the only saving grace here. I'm taking the Giants to win this one at home. Let's move on. Next up, we have the Steelers at the Bengals. Cincinnati without Burrow is just depressing. Jake Browning isn't a bad alternative, but the Steelers do a great job against young quarterbacks. I fear he may have a terrible game here. The Steelers should win this tight game with experience and take this one on the road. Up next, we have the Panthers at the Titans. This might be the game where Derrick Henry returns to form, and we should see some of those awesome deep bombs from Levis to Hopkins. We can also expect more struggles for Bryce Young in this offense of Carolina. Tennessee should come away with this one easily. Moving on, we have the Jaguars at the Texans. This should be a really good matchup and will definitely shape the outcome for this division. Houston has already beaten Jacksonville this year, but I feel like those were two different teams back then trying to find their grooves. Both teams did and are coming into this game on a bit of a hot streak. This may be the toughest defense CJ Stroud and the Texans offense have faced in a long time. I'm curious to see if Singletary can continue his monster productivity on the ground against my guy Aluakin of the Jaguars. Their secondary is relatively healthy again and should match up well against all of these young receivers of the Texans. On the other side of the ball, Etienne has struggled a little bit as of lately. They really need to stop trying to bash him up in the middle and keep him on the outside where he's far more dangerous. Calvin Ridley has re-emerged as a leader in the passing game and should match up well against his opportunistic secondary of Houston. This should definitely be one of the more entertaining games of the weekend. Ultimately, I'm going to go with the Jaguars on this one. They sneak away with a victory on the road. Up next, we have the Saints at the Falcons. Derek Carr should return to play in this game, and so should his checkdowns to Kamara. The Falcons linebackers have played well at times, so this should be a good matchup to watch for here. Atlanta's offense will roll with Ritter this week, and I'm not sure how to feel about that. This offense is so unpredictable, he'll probably go out there and sling it around for 350 yards and four touchdowns. 
all of which are to Bijan Robinson, who will have negative carries somehow. This should be a wild game. This rivalry is a bit under the radar and always leads to shenanigans. I'm going to take the Saints to outlast the Falcons. Saints win in a tight one. Moving on, we have the Rams at the Cardinals. There used to be this cool little cheat sheet on NFC West matchups, but that got all screwed up when Kingsbury got let go. So I guess the results are pending on how Jonathan Gannon fits into that narrative now. Either way, this should be an exciting game. There was a time at the start of the season where the Cardinals were a pretty fun team to watch. Then they fell off a cliff. Murray's return has sort of flown under the radar nationally and has returned this team to that tier. James Conner's return also played a big part in this. He's definitely elevated this rushing attack. In addition to Greg Dorch and Hollywood Brown, Trey McBride has seen increased targets. This is a good trend to make note of for our best bets later. In similar fashion, the Rams have increased in the watchability rankings with the return of Matthew Stafford. He, alongside Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup if he plays, will likely light it up against the secondary of Arizona. This should be an entertaining matchup to watch. I'm going to take the Rams to win in a shootout. Up next, we have the Browns at the Broncos. This is going to be a slow-moving slogfest full of punts and penalties. I am not excited about this matchup at all for my Broncos. Russell Wilson will be running for his life in this game. This may unexpectedly have positive results, however. He's played well in the games where he's just given up on the passing game and takes off. This will likely be one of those. Javante Williams and Jaleel McLaughlin should be featured heavily here, both on the ground and in the short passing game. In the red zone, look for Sutton to continue his paint presence and put yet another one up on the scoreboard, likely with less than 23 seconds on the clock. The Browns' offense may struggle against this defense if they ever decide to pass the ball. When they do, they'll most likely target David Njoku a million times again like the last game. We're most likely to see a lot of Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt, who might both score against this ridiculously weak run-stopping unit of the Denver defense. Ultimately, I'm going with the Broncos to keep that winning streak going. Denver will win in another ridiculously close game. Moving on, we have the Bills at the Eagles. A.J. Brown has had a tendency to go off in the games that are not in the spotlight. This game may be poised for that trend to continue. This Bills secondary has improved, but should still find difficulties keeping up with the Eagles receivers. I'm curious to see if Devontae Smith's targets increase with the Goddard injury. This game should let us know. Josh Allen and the Bills offense let off some steam against the Jets, who have a respectable defense. I don't expect Buffalo to drop 30 points again, but I do expect them to move the ball better. I'm interested to see if Josh Allen can play a clean game again, or if he reverts back to the mistake-prone version of himself. I'm taking the Eagles to win in a close game at home. Next, we have the Chiefs at the Raiders. These two teams seem to always have crazy games, and surprisingly, the Raiders have been a bit of a thorn in the side of Patrick Mahomes. However, I think the Chiefs will bring their A game after a bad loss to the Eagles in front of the world. The Raiders may be in for a rough time here, and Mahomes may throw for over 300 yards. I'm taking the Chiefs to win in a blowout. Moving on, we have the Ravens at the Chargers. LA is one of those weird teams where they should by all means lose this game. 
but they have enough pieces that when they all fit together, they can knock down the biggest of giants. It's always a possibility with this team, but I don't think so here. I think Zay Flowers will be involved in this Ravens offense a lot more since the injury to Andrews, and we're likely to see a heavy workload for both running backs, who should both find success against this poor run-stop unit of the Chargers, especially if Bosa is out. I'm taking the Ravens to roll in this one. Lastly, we have the Bears at the Vikings on Monday night. The Bears look a lot better since the return of Justin Fields, and I'm sure DJ Moore thinks so too. Fields on the ground and Moore through the air is proving to be a dangerous combo, and if the Vikings defense isn't careful with those blitzes, we could see a lot of big plays. On the other side, Josh Dobbs is still a threat on the ground. He struggled last week against the pass rush of the Broncos, but won't face as much of a challenge in that department this week. Dobbs should be productive with his legs and have success with Addison and Hawkinson through the air. I'm going to take the Vikings in this one. It'll most likely be a tight score, but they'll eke it out in typical fashion. And that's it for this week's speed round. Let's go ahead and take a quick break right here. Welcome back. Now let's talk through this week's strategy for my best bets. This week, I'd like to start out by looking at any matchups we like in the running game. I did a great job last week of picking out players I thought would score on the ground. Let's see if we can continue that this time around. I like David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs against the Packers' defense. I think Montgomery will likely score between the two if I had to choose just one. Jameer Gibbs might light it up in the passing game as well. I always like CMC for obvious reasons. I think Mostert might have a big day, especially since Devon Achan is questionable against the Jets. On the opposite side of the field, Brees Hall could also be very productive if the Jets decide to ditch their passing game. I think both Rashad White and Jonathan Taylor could have success in their matchup. Jalen Warren won me a bunch of money last week. Riding that train wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. Derrick Henry is most likely to be a monster against the Panthers in that game. He'd be a good option for a touchdown. Devin Singletary for Houston and Travis Etienne for Jacksonville could potentially go blow for blow against each other in their game. I like either of these guys to score. I stated previously that Kamara is poised for double-digit receptions. He is bound to take one of them across the goal line. Actually, so is Bijan Robinson for that matter. They might both score. Both James Conner and Kyler Murray might be good options from the Rams in the Cardinals game. Every running back involved in the Browns and Broncos game are in play here. Jalen Hurts is likely to get another tush-push score, but his odds are always terrible. Josh Jacobs should have a really good day against the Chiefs' run-stop unit, but I am never betting on another Raider for the rest of the season. Both Gus Edwards and Keaton Mitchell will likely score against the Chargers' weak-ass defense. For the Chargers, Eckler is likely to have a big day. And lastly, Justin Fields will probably run at least one in against the Vikings. I'm actually going to skip over the passing matchups this week. I want to try to stick to just the ground bets this week and see what happens. I'm using all of this information to go ahead and form my following best bets, but you can use this however you see fit. My straight five bets for this week are the following. First, I have David Montgomery to score. Then I have Raheem Mostert to score. Next, I have Derrick Henry to score. 
then Devin Singletary to score, and lastly, I have James Conner to score. Moving on to my parlay bets, the odds aren't up yet for the Sunday games, so I'm just going to stick to a three-leg parlay on Turkey Day. My first leg is Jameer Gibbs over 25 yards receiving. The second leg is David Montgomery over 50 yards rushing. And the last leg is CMC over 25 yards receiving. Moving on to my fantasy football advice, here are my top sleeper picks for this week. Jalen Warren has been available in three of my five leagues. Make sure to snatch him up if you need help at RB. Same goes for this next guy, Devin Singletary. And for some reason, Keaton Mitchell is still available in most leagues. Make sure to pick him up if possible. If you need help at tight end, David Njoku is a great option here. And lastly, Javante Williams against the Browns might be a good pick here. Now, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I wanted to take this next little bit of time to take care of a little administrative duties and announce some pretty awesome things on the horizon for this podcast. I started this podcast immediately following the 70-20 to blowout loss suffered by my Broncos earlier this year. My family didn't want to hear my nonsense anymore, so I decided to take it to the world in hopes of connecting with people who actually give a damn about my football opinions. Since then, this podcast has been on the rise, and now I have a steady following, which I honestly never expected. It's beginning to look like this could actually become a real thing. I've got a sponsorship in the works, I'm working on getting some merchandise together, and the ratings are steadily inclining. And all of this is thanks to you, the listeners. To show my appreciation, I'm working on finishing my merchandise this week, and I'd like to create a Discord server so we can all get together and discuss our football woes sometime. I'd also like to do something special for my first group of listeners. I want to send a handful of you guys a free hoodie as a token of my gratitude. Once I figure out all of the logistics for this, I'll let you know how to get in touch with me. Until then, I hope you all have a great week and a happy Thanksgiving. I will return on Tuesday to recap this mess. I'll see you next time.